Hello, divers. Coming to you from Studio D, this is the Deep Dive Microcast, a brief look into things that I find interesting, and I hope you do too. I'm Tom Feeney, raconteur, part-time elf therapist, and writer for Wang's Chop Movie Magazine. In this edition of the Deep Dive Microcast, we dive into the Christmas Panic of 1953, which was, by the way, not really a panic, nor really had that much to do with Christmas. Um, let me explain. In the 1950s, America was caught up in what was called the Red Scare. After the defeat of the Third Reich during World War II, attention turned to the Soviet Union. It was believed by many in the United States government that the Russians were bent on infiltrating the U.S. covertly and fostering communist ideology, including encouraging worker labor unions, radical leftism, and even revolution. Politicians like Senator Joseph McCarthy used his power to heighten the country's paranoia to dangerous levels. So much so, in fact, that no corner of American life was spared from the unwavering gaze of McCarthy's witch hunt. This includes the seemingly innocuous world of comic books. Yes, even the four-color funny books were under intense scrutiny by the government. Accusations of inducing juvenile delinquency, deviant behavior, and even truancy. Well, that's skipping school if you didn't. That led to a very public Senate subcommittee hearing on the content of comic books, which then led to the creation of the Comics Code Authority, a self-governing body which laid down rules for what kind of content would be allowed to appear in comic books. This action would save the comic book industry from any government oversight, but also managed to put many comic publishers out of business altogether. The main victim was a company called EC Comics. Begun in 1944, EC, or Educational Comics, started as a publisher of Bible comics for schools and churches. When original owner Max Gaines passed away in 1947, his son Bill took over, and the company became Entertaining Comics. Now, Bill had a different idea for what kind of material the company should publish. This included science fiction, crime stories, and horror, which was its most successful genre. EC's horror comics included legendary titles like The Vault of Horror, The Haunt of Fear, and, of course, Tales from the Crypt. It would be these comics' depictions of gruesome gore, mutilation, and mayhem that would ultimately get the company in hot water with the feds and force EC to eventually give up publishing comics entirely. But all this came after today's tale. In fact, the Christmas Panic of 1953 should have been seen as a harbinger of things to come. We'll get right into that after this message. It's holiday time, and Beauregard cries, 
Hey, look, there's a snowman ringing our doorbell. And Elsie says, that's no snowman. It's Elmer with a surprise. Borden's Eggnog, the extra special holiday drink. Mmm, Borden's, very big on flavor. Wow, Borden's Eggnog, now we can have a party. Borden's Eggnog is the delicious holiday treat the whole family loves, right from the carton. It's made with lots of eggs, milk, and real sweet cream. Rich and creamy, better than the best milkshake you ever tasted. Mmm, Borden's, very big on flavor. This is the only time of year you can get it. So ask Mom for Borden's Eggnog today. So by Borden's, Borden's, very big on Welcome back. So we talked a bit about what happened to the comic book industry during the Red Scare of the 1950s. It almost died entirely. The rampant paranoia of the time took its toll on the entire entertainment world. But paranoia is not panic. In fact, a lot of things that are labeled with panic aren't that at all. There was the satanic panic of the 1980s. Uh, your computer can crash because of a kernel panic. And, of course, Panic at the Disco. Now, another panic that wasn't really a panic. Yes, the Christmas Panic of 1953. So let's just get to it. In August of 1952, EC Comics began publishing a book that would ultimately become its longest-lasting and most culturally significant contribution to the world of high-class literature. Mad Magazine. The future home of Alfred E. Newman began its long life as a comic book. It wouldn't become a proper magazine until issue number 25. That change allowed Mad to avoid the same restrictions that would later be imposed on comic books as a result of those Senate hearings I mentioned earlier. Needless to say, Mad was a hit from the very first issue. Its irreverent, often cynical, and purposefully stupid humor appealed to both kids and adults. One quote from publisher Bill Gaines summed up Mad's philosophy quite succinctly. We must never stop reminding the reader what little value they get for their money. Now, this isn't a history of Mad Magazine story. That should be and probably will be another show we'll do someday. But with Mad's success came the inevitable copycats. And there were a lot of them. Titles like Wild, Blast, Grin, Gag, Nuts, Get Lost, Whack, Riot, Flip, and From Here to Insanity all made their way onto newsstands during the late 1950s. None of them lasted very long. But these cheap knockoffs did not make EC's publisher Bill Gaines very happy. So, he did what anyone would do in the same situation. He made his own cheap knockoff of Mad. You know, the book he already owned. I mean, it, it did make some sense. EC had a hit with Tales from the Crypt, so why not also have The Vault of Horror and The Haunt of Fear? 
And in late 1953, EC Comics began publishing a competitor to its own highly successful humor comic. And it was titled Panic. And while it may never have actually caused a panic, it certainly got some people's tinsel in a tangle. There were complaints, the book was banned, and even some arrests were made. And that was only after the first issue. Why? Well, because of a parody. A parody of a beloved Christmas tale. Clement Clark Moore's 1822 poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, better known as The Night Before Christmas. The story was illustrated by veteran artist Will Elder, whose absurdist style basically threw every possible visual gag onto the page. But there was one joke in particular that seemed to rub some people the wrong way. In the story, when Santa first appears, he's riding in a gorgeous cherry-red Cadillac sleigh with a sign on the back that reads, Just Divorced. That's it. Yep, just let that sink in. The mere notion of Santa Claus being divorced was enough to cause a minor firestorm across two states. Now, divorce was still a taboo subject among certain ethnic and religious groups. There was no such thing as no-fault divorce laws then. And in fact, in order to obtain a divorce in most states, the party wanting the divorce had to prove their spouse did something wrong. Infidelity, abuse, abandonment, all were considered legitimate reasons. But it all had to be hashed out in court. And, God forbid, no pun intended, if you were Catholic, it was many times more difficult. You were shunned by your parish, you were often told you couldn't receive communion, uh, and if you remarried without permission, you were excommunicated. And that's not anymore, mind you. But in the fabulous 50s, life as a divorced person wasn't so fabulous. Still, who would care enough to complain about a simple sign on Santa's sleigh that says, Just Divorced? Well, I gave you a big clue there. The Catholic Church. And a huge Catholic stronghold here in the U.S. was, and still is, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Complaints were made to then-Attorney General George Feingold. On December 18, 1953, Feingold called for the Massachusetts Governor's Council to ban the issue of panic within the state borders on the grounds that it desecrated Christmas and declaring that it depicted Christmas in a pagan manner. Which is kind of odd because Santa is a pagan Christmas icon? Hmm. Well, the Attorney General proceeded to threaten criminal charges against EC publisher Bill Gaines if they did not pull all copies of Panic from the state. Now, Bill was not one to shy away from a conflict. 
especially if it involved freedom of speech. So, he announced that he'd be withdrawing all of his Bible comics from Massachusetts in retaliation. Now, of course, EC Comics had stopped making Bible comics years earlier, but he neglected to mention that minor detail. But this got the attention of the press, and the story exploded. The day after the New York Times ran the story, the offices of EC Comics in New York City got a visit from two police officers. They spoke to the receptionist, Shirley Norris, and asked if they could buy a copy of Panic. She cheerfully obliged and was arrested for selling obscene material. They also intended to arrest Bill Gaines, but the staff hid him out of sight and business manager Lyle Stewart got pinched instead. The charges were laughed out of court by the judge, but not before he said, quote, I want you to deliver a message to the police attorney. Tell him that if he ever brings a flimsy case like this before me again, I'm going to arrest him. Stewart and Norris were in the clear, but the damage had been done. The eyes of groups like the Catholic Legion of Decency, the PTA, and other moral watchdogs had their gaze firmly set on comic books. It would only be a matter of time until Bill Gaines himself and the rest of the comic book industry would find themselves in a Senate chamber and at the mercy of a true-life villainous plot, one that was set in motion by our own government. Thanks for listening. If this is the first time you've heard this podcast, check out our past episodes and subscribe so you don't miss a single one. And we want to hear from you. Drop us a line at thedeepdivepodcast@gmail.com or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feeds. You can find links to all of those and our merchandise store in the bio of our Instagram page. From all of us here at Studio D, which again is just me and my cat, Stay safe and take care. All clips used in the Deep Dive microcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive Lounge theme was arranged and performed by Robert Acorn based on the original composition by Ryan Blaney. The Deep Dive microcast is a production of Automaton Studios. (laughs) 